Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. His faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure Biography Incorporated. The Green Hornet strikes again. on the office door was quite impressive. Biography Incorporated. Osborne Downs, President. Upon entering, one was even more impressed by the small but well-furnished office. But most impressive of all was Osborne Downs himself, seated behind a large desk and looking every inch the publisher with his pince-nez glasses, high intelligent forehead, and dark conservative clothes. He looked up as Al Jessup, his sales manager, entered from an adjoining room. Well, well, Jessup, have you finished your pep talk to the sales force? Just about, Mr. Downs. Thought perhaps you'd want to say a few words to them before they start out this morning. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a good idea, Jessup. I'll go right in. Good. You may think of a few points that I forgot to cover. How many are you sending out this morning? Eight. Six men and two girls. I'll have more out tomorrow. Fine, fine. Well, you go in first. I'll follow. Yes, sir. Uh, quiet, everybody. I brought Mr. Downs in to say a few words to you before you start out. <clears throat> I, uh, I presume Mr. Jessup has drilled you all quite thoroughly on the proper approach to the prospects and also on what you are to stress regarding our 
biography of World War II heroes. Now, uh, all of you have been given lists, which we have compiled over a period of time, of the nearest of kin of all servicemen who have received any type of decoration or medal. I won't go over what Mr. Jessup has already told you, but the one thing I do want to stress is that you are to convince each prospect that the deluxe edition is the one he wants. Be sure to get a deposit and a signature on an order blank before you leave anyone. <clears throat> well, that's all, and good luck to you. All right, everybody, get started. And report here to me at the end of each day. Now, the more orders you get, the more money you'll make. So, it's up to you. I recommend our deluxe edition, which is only $25. Now, this is a book you'll be proud to have in your home. I guess I can manage it, since it is sort of an honor to my boy. I'll sign up for the deluxe edition. Copies of these books will be placed in libraries throughout the country, Mr. Evans. And since you seem like the type of man who likes the best, I'm sure you'll want our deluxe edition, which is a few dollars more, but well worth the difference. Do you want one or two deluxe editions at $25 each? Uh, suppose you put me down for two copies. My boy is all I have, you know. I'm sure he'll want a copy for himself. Make it two. Madam, this book will be a lifelong testimonial to your husband's bravery in the war. Something that will keep his name alive for generations. Yes. Yes, of course. I'll take the deluxe edition. Well, Mr. Downs, the orders are pouring, and you sure had a brilliant idea. <laughs> yes. I told you we'd make money. <laughs> uh, cigar, Jessup? Oh, thank you. Of course, this is a one-time racket here. We'll move as soon as the books are sent out. We can work the same thing under another firm name somewhere else. Well, Harry and I'll need help to get the books out on that hand press. Mm, we'll all pitch in. Since we don't dare hire regular printers for the work, they might get suspicious when they see the paper stock we'll be using. Where is the paper coming from? Harry has plans for getting the paper. He's been checking on the truck deliveries of paper to one of the newspapers. And he's found that each week, part of the load is special stock for a Sunday supplement. And he plans to intercept a truck carrying some of that special stock? That's right. Harry knows his job. We'll get that paper. I think we'll get it tonight. I wish we didn't have to run that risk. We're within the law on every other angle. No one can trace the paper after the books are out. As for the people who order the books, well... <laughs> <laughs> They'll scream when they see the cheap job we sent them. <laughs> well, let them scream. They'll get what they ordered. We didn't make any guarantee of quality. We won't be here to get the complaints anyway. That night, the truck loaded with paper moved along Water Street on its way to the Daily Sentinel building. The driver failed to notice the car, which pulled out from the freight station just ahead of him. As he rounded a curve, he was startled to see a car drawn across the road directly in his path. He jammed on the brakes quickly. What the... Hey, what's the idea? Okay, buddy. You can get out now. Get out? Hey, what is this anyway? Get out, I said. <laughs> a gun. That's right. It's loaded too, see? Now, come on. My friend over there in the car don't like to waste time. Now, get out. I'm taking over your load. So that's it. 
You think you're going to hijack this load of paper, eh? I know I am, bud. You're wasting our time. Are you going to get out or do okay, I have okay. to? Okay, okay. I'm getting out. But I ain't going to let you get away with this truck. What? Well, you... All right, tough guy, you ask for it. Killing last night? Not much, Reed. They found the truck out on River Road, you know. Yes, I know. The big rolls of newsprint were still on the truck. But the bundles of special stock for the Sunday supplement were missing. Yeah, ain't that something? Imagine him killing a guy just to steal some paper. Well, that paper's worth a lot of money. And it's hard to get these days, in case you didn't know. Of course, the loss of the paper's nothing when you consider the death of the driver, poor chap. Reed, of course, Sergeant Burke told me they didn't have any clues at all. But between you and me, by putting two and two together... I'm beginning to figure the whole thing out. Well, tell me, Axford. Well, now, tis like this, Reed. I says to myself, who'd be wanting all them bundles of special paper like that? And the answer popped right into my mind like a flash. Well? Reed, I got to thinking that paper would be useful to another newspaper. So I done some deductive reasoning. You see, I figured... Now, hold it. That... Don't tell me the clarion stole that paper. Reed? That's just what I deduced. Well, Axford, stop deducing. The Clarion may be a rival newspaper, but they wouldn't steal our paper, much less commit murder to do it. Well, I'd like to know what they did with all that paper they took from that truck. Yes, I'm curious about that myself. Let me know if you find out anything. Well, that I will, Reed. That I will. As time went on, the murder of the truck driver and the disappearance of the paper remained a mystery. One morning, Axford entered the outer office, where Britt Reed's secretary, Lenore Case, was busy at her desk. Good morning, Casey. Good morning, Axford. For once, I'm not going to mention slamming the door. <laughs> but you did mention it, just then. That shows how inconstant you are, Casey. No doubt you mean inconsistent. Sure, that's what I said, sort of quick-like. Eh, want to see something? No. Uh, look, I bought a book. Really? I, I don't know where I got the idea you couldn't read. Say, hey, now, is that any way to talk? <laughs> oh, calm down. I was only kidding. Now, let me see it. Uh, sure, here. Huh. Biography of World War II heroes. Ain't that something, though? <laughs> My brother's got a write-up in it, too, on page 30, with his picture. Oh, really? Uh, uh, there it is. See? Patrick Delahanty Axford, Sergeant United States Marine. Is that supposed to be a picture of your brother? Sure, that it is. See, his name's right under it. Yes, but the picture's so blurred. It, uh, I want to read what it says. Oh, this book's so stiff. I, uh, now look out, Casey. Don't bend it like that. Now look what you went and done. Oh, I'm sorry, expert. I was just trying to open it a little wider. Must be very poorly bound to come loose like that. Poorly bound, you say? Huh. I paid 25 bucks for that book. Axe. Uh, you mean you actually paid $25 for this? What did Axford buy for $25? Oh, hi, Reed. I was just showing Casey a book I bought. You mean to say you paid $25 for a book? Must be something really special, Axford. That it is. Show it to him, Casey. If you ask me, I think he got gypped. Ah. Uh, oh. 
Where did they get this write-up about your brother, Axford? Sure, when the sales lady come to see me, she already had it. Okay, she just busted the binding. There's a deluxe edition, too. Deluxe edition, huh? Well, Axford, I hate to tell you, but I think you did get gypped, as Casey says. A book of this quality would ordinarily sell for about uh, 75 cents or a dollar. Suffering snakes! Then I've been robbed! Soon I'll get the name of that publishing company and get the cops after him. That I will. Well, Axford, I'm afraid there isn't anything the police can do about it. You ordered this book, and they fulfilled their agreement by delivering it to you. Sure, but and I why... doubt very much if the salesperson gave you a definite description in writing as to the quality of the so-called deluxe edition. No, she oh, didn't, but why... Oh, if it was a woman, Axford would have fallen for her line even if the book was written in Chinese. Wish no, Casey. Was <laughs> to bring honor to me brother Pat that I bought the book. Her being a nice-looking girl had nothing to do with it. Well... Not very much, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently, you weren't the only one taken in, Axford, from the hundreds of names in this book. It's a neat racket, one the law can't touch. You uh, can contact a better business bureau, but by now the men behind this racket have already taken in a large sum of money. And I'm afraid you've lost your $25 for good, Axford. Holy crow. And me skipping on me lunches so to be able to pay for that cheap book. Well, live and learn, Axford. <laughs> he'll live, but he'll never learn. Ah! <laughs> Tis me good nature that makes me easy for women to pick on. And that includes you, Casey. Good morning to you. And I don't mean good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Axford's slightly upset, Miss Casey. Oh, he'll get over it. Oh, poor Axford. Think of him paying out such a large sum for that. Yes. But right now I'm thinking of the mothers and wives of servicemen who put out for this book. A good many of them much less able to afford it than Axford. I'll take the book into the office with me. I want to look it over some more. All right, Mr. Reed. I'll tell Axford you're keeping it for him. Uh, it's certainly a racket if there ever was one. I wonder who published the book. Oh, here it is. Biography Incorporated. Huh. Well, I'll find out where their place of business is. And then perhaps a secret visit there by the Green Hornet might turn up something by which they could be forced to make good on these books. Since the law can't get to them, there must be some way that the Hornet can and will. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Back to our story. That night, Britt Reed went to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, 
and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. The two men discussed the racket by which Axford had been taken in. Rackets such as this one dealing with servicemen's families are sure fire, Cato. And they often hit people who can't afford to lose money. Well, people will be satisfied if they get good book. Well, they probably would be. It's an idea that appeals to them. But that book on the table isn't worth buying at any price. Well, men who make book careful not to break law, no doubt. Exactly. They can move to another city and pull the same racket all over again if they aren't stopped. You think of way to stop them, perhaps? No, but there's nothing I'd like to do better. Uh, the uh, book's put out by a company in the Hobbs building called Biography Incorporated. Oh, Maybe you're thinking Green Hornet be able to find some way to interfere with Book Racket, perhaps. Ask Kato. I'm thinking that the Green Hornet might at least make a try. Tonight, Mr. Britt? Why not? We'll get the masks and gas gun, then we'll pay a visit to the offices of that book company. Black Beauty ready? I ready, too. Good. Let's go, Kato. Stopping the Black Beauty in a secluded spot behind the Hobbs building... Britt Reed left Cato to guard the car and quickly made his way by means of the back entrance to the darkened offices of Biography Incorporated. Using his skeleton key, he quietly entered the offices. Hmm. Not a bad layout. I'll have a look around. Britt Reed made an intensive search through desk drawers and file cases but nothing came to his notice that might be of use for his purpose. Well, they've kept things in pretty good order. Whoever's running this racket knows what he's doing. Hmm. Door over there. Hmm. Small hand presses. So this is where they do the work. Sort of an amateur setup. Looks like the racketeers do their own printing and binding. I guess... Ah... Those big bundles of paper stacked up over there. I wonder how they get their paper. Hmm, might be able to check. The outside wrappings have a number on them. 593-212. Well, that's the order number of the Daily Sentinel. And these are the bundles of special stock that were stolen from that truck. Must intend to make this a one-time racket, then leave the city. Guess they have most of the orders filled by now. So that's the game of Biography Incorporated. Go out through the side alley of the Avenue, Cato, then head for the vicinity of the Sentinel Building. Yes, sir. Britt Reed is going to drop a hint to the police that'll put them on the track of the men who killed that truck driver a few weeks ago. Step on it. Ashford, I'll sure be glad when I drop you off at the Sentinel building. You've been beefing all day about the money you paid out for that book. A racket's a racket, ain't it? Sure, but you ought to watch out what you buy. Not got talked into buying something you don't want. Just because you... Holy smokes. Look, coming out of the alley alongside the Hobbs building. Say, it looks like the Green Hornet's car. It's the Hornet, all right. Suffering snakes. That's the building where that book company hangs out. Maybe the Hornet's in the racket with him. Could be, but the Hornet don't win for smooth rackets like that. Well, step on it, sir. What do you think I'm doing, you nitwit? That Hornet's not going to get out of my sight this time. Police still following, Mr. Britt. Yeah, she better not go near the central building now. Go straight out the avenue. They're quite close now. Pull out the smoke screen throttle. That should stop them. Smoke pouring out behind us. 
We lose them soon. Good. Give it the gas, Cato. After losing the police, Britt Reed and Cato returned to their apartment. They were discussing the discovery Britt Reed had made in the offices of the book company. I intended to call the police, and speaking as Britt Reed, tip them off that they might find a clue to the murder and hijacking case in the offices of Biography Incorporated. You decide not to tip off police now, Mr. Britt? Yes. They saw us in the Black Beauty coming out of the alley alongside the Hobbs building where the book company's located. The police might put two and two together and connect Britt Reed with the Green Hornets, and I won't take that chance. Then what you do? I'll lead the police there when the men operating the company are still in the office. And, of course, make sure the police find that paper. But that'd be risky for Green Hornet. The Green Hornet's used to taking risks, Cato. We'll wait till tomorrow evening, then go into action and hope for the best. Hi, Reed. Oh, good afternoon, Oxford. What's on your mind? Reed, for once the cops had taken something I tell them serious, that they are. Oh, really? What did you tell them? I told them I thought the Hornet was mixed up in that book racket, seeing as how he was hanging around the Hobbs building last night. So? So Sarge decided to put a guy watching that building in case the Hornet tries to go in. I see. So, uh, Sergeant Burke agrees with you for once? Well, not exactly agrees, you understand. Sarge don't think the Hornet would tie into a mild sort of racket like that. But he does think maybe the Hornet might go back after whatever he was after in the Hobbs building. <laughs> well, Axford, make sure you don't tip off the Green Hornet that they're watching for him, or you'll uh, spoil everything. Me tip off the Hornet, you say? Sure, and I wouldn't take a chance talking to that devil even over the long distance. That I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that a good one, though? <laughs> well... I'll run along down to headquarters just in case. <laughs> Me tip off the hornet. That sure a good one. <laughs> well, thanks to Axford, I'll know what to expect. I'd better call Cato right now and have him meet me with the Black Beauty. Dusk had fallen when Cato met Britt Reed with the Black Beauty. Soon they were moving swiftly on the way to the vicinity of the Hobbs building. Meanwhile, in the offices of the book company, Downs and Jessup were talking. What do you make of that cop watching this building, Mr. Downs? According to the papers this morning, the Green Hornet was seen driving away from here. I admit it's put me on edge. If the police should get a look in that back room There's there... There's no reason why they should come to this office. It'd be safe enough for us to leave. I'd rather stay here a while. If anyone should come here, Harry's in the other room to keep out snoopers. Oh. The police won't be watching after tonight. And believe me, I'll be very much relieved when they've gone. Tomorrow we'll make plans to move out of here. And we'll be leaving this town with a very nice bank account. So, don't worry, Mr. Downs. Everything's going to be all right. I hope so, Jessup. I certainly hope so. We're just half a block from the Hobbs building, Cato. You'd better wait here and be ready for a quick getaway. You be careful, Mr. Britt. Police watching might see you. I intend to be seen, Cato, so that the one watching out front will call for help. Then I'll lead them directly to the offices of Biography Incorporated. What you do then? I'll get through the office into that back room before the men in the office get over their surprise. Why you do that? When the police arrive, the racketeers will send them away, not daring let them go into that room because of the bundles of stolen paper stacked there. After that, I'll come out and make a deal with the racketeers. Make a deal? Yes, just an idea I have. But if police go to back room, you'll be trapped. Yes, that would be bad. 
I did notice there's a door from the hallway into that room, but the bundles of paper are piled against it on the inside, so I couldn't get out. The police should come in there. I'd have to change my plans in a hurry. And how? I'm going now. I hope nothing does change my plan. Yeah, this sure is a waste of time having me watching the house building for the Hornet to show up. He's sure to find out we're watching or stay away. Oh, well, if I wasn't here, I'd be... Say, I must be seeing things. It's the Hornet sneaking in the front door of the house building. Better get to a phone and quick! If you don't mind, Mr. Downs, I'm going to leave... Wait! Listen... That sounds like police cars stopping up front. Yes, but why be upset about it? There are other officers in this building. Doesn't mean they're coming here. Maybe they've spotted the Hornet. Well, that's still nothing that concerns us. Best thing for us to do is to... What the... Cops are after me. Green Hornet. Right. And if you know what's good for you, keep quiet. I'm going in there to hide. Go, no, wait. Not in there. Well, of all things, Harry's in there. They'll begin fighting. We won't have a chance. Harry probably heard what he said when he came in. He'll keep the Hornet covered till the cops leave. We've got to convince the police that he's not here. We're chasing the Green Hornet. We thought he came in here. Why, uh... Afraid you're mistaken, officer. We haven't seen him. That's right. What's in that room over there? Why, uh, that's our storeroom. Well, maybe you won't mind if we have a look, just to but make sure... But we would mind, officer. You haven't a search warrant, I presume? No. I'm sorry. But... You already have our word, you know. Well, uh, I guess if you say he didn't come in here, I'll have to take your word for it. I could have swore he did come in here, Sarge. Skip it, Axford. There's nothing we can do. Right now, anyway. Meantime, in the back room, Britt Reed stood facing a gun in the hands of the killer, Harry, who had surprised him when he entered. The two men stood in silence, listening to the muffled voices in the office beyond. If you make a sound, I'll plug you. Britt Reed thought quickly. He knew instinctively this man before him would shoot him as soon as the police left the office. Yet if he took means to attract the attention of the police, he'd be trapped. Suddenly, out of the corner of his eye, he noticed that the large bundles of paper were unevenly stacked from floor to ceiling. If he could get to the side of the stack and make them topple toward the gunman, he'd have a chance. It was risky, but making his decision, he moved swiftly, ducking to the side, and gave a mighty heave, sending the stack of heavy bundled paper toppling toward Harry. Hey! Watch those two out there. Don't let them leave. Sarge, these bundles of paper. What about them, Axford? Look, on this bundle, see? That's the same order number they put on all the paper that comes to the Sentinel. This must be the stolen paper from that truck. Great heavens to Bessie. We really ran onto something here. We'll find out just what when we get all these guys to headquarters. Suffering snake, Sarge. That must have been the green hornet going out just then, through that door over there. It was a hornet, all right. He crawled behind them bundles of paper and got through the door while you guys stood there gabbing. Gabbing, is it? <laughs> You and your pals will do plenty of gabbing before we're through. Come on. Shall we bring these two along, Serge? I'll say you will, and keep your eyes on them, too. Something tells me we got quite a haul this night. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter with you? Look, on the office door. I didn't realize it till just this minute. This is the offices of them slickers who done me and others out of 25 bucks each for that junkie book. Something also tells me you'll all be getting your dough back, Axford. Come on, boys. Uh, it's the Green Hornet we got to thank for all this, Sarge. Well, if you meet up with him, thank him then. Okay, Sarge. Ah, baloney. You can thank him yourself if you should live so long. You and the Green Hornet. Fooey! 
copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Henry Stambaugh speaking. This is the Blue Network of the American Broadcasting Company.